Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey everyone, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. This week's episode features Amy Schechter. She is the CEO of Glam Squad. She's also a handshake expert, so we talk about some of the lamest handshakes we've ever received. It's a really interesting conversation. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Erica Shoemate. She is the founder of Pinrose Perfume. Hey, it's Jody again. Before we launch into this week's episode, I want to tell you about an organization called Helpsy. I first came across Helpsy thanks to our base beauty team member, Julie Chen's Instagram. And she was with her friend walking into Bloomingdale's to see Helpsy containers. And I didn't know what that was. And I did a little research. And um, I really believe in their mission, so we wanted to partner with them for the month of July. So it's hard to believe, but over 85% of clothes wind up in the trash. Helpsy makes reusing and recycling your clothes and shoes more convenient and easier than ever with over 1,800 collection containers and growing. You can find your closest collection container and learn more at helpsy.co. I hope you check it out. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. I am so excited to be sitting here with Amy Schechter. She is the CEO of Glam Squad. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited about you. And I was thinking this morning, I was getting ready and getting dressed. I wonder how often the CEO of Glam Squad takes advantage of having a Glam Squad. So <laughs> tell me how often that happens. Well, this morning, as I was sitting in my office with hair, makeup, and nails around me, um, getting ready for my day... I would say that that experience happens on average two to three days a week. And that can be weekends as well. But uh, I think it's super important for me to show up being glammed and to show women what it looks and feels like. So I eagerly participate and I love it. I love it because, first of all, I love looking good because then, then it helps me feel good. But I also love engaging with our beauty pros every single time I have my hair, makeup, and nails done, I get to meet new people on the team and connect with them and share a message or a journey with them so that they go out into the world and meet women and have the right attitude for our brand. So I was um, thinking about what kind of a nerve-wracking experience it might be for one of your squads who actually realize they're working on the CEO. Have you um, encountered a little bit of nervous energy? I have. Um, there's a note on my account that says who I am. And if I get a brand new beauty pro, I'm always conscious of the fact that they're new on the platform and in our network and certainly the first time that they're doing me. And I know they get a little bit nervous, but I ease their nerves very quickly into it because, you know, I, I believe they're the heroes and um, I'm very honored and humbled to be a part of um, what they do. I think they're amazing. And for your look, are you that like, you want the same look all the time? Do you mix it up? Do you surprise yourself? So I never do the same look. I or rarely, I shouldn't say never, but I rarely do the same look. And what I find is you reach a point with Glam Squad where you know the quality and the consistency is there that I can say to the beauty pros, you be you. 
and give me what you think I should have. And it's very funny because I never know where my part of my hair is going to be. Sometimes it's on the right, sometimes it's on the left, sometimes it's in the middle. And I never ever really know what my eyes are going to look like. Sometimes I can have pink eyes or brown eyes or blue eyes. And it's always the reveal for me is always a big surprise, but I'm always happy. And I, I really like the way different people see me and it allows me to experiment with me, which is really fun. You know, it's so temporary. You can always change your part. You can always change your eyeshadow. I think it's really fun and not a lot of women do it, but I think it's super easy to change your look just by changing your hair part. Well, um, it was giving me little giggles this morning thinking about as I was, you know, putting on my own foundation. (laughs) You're likely not doing your own, which is pretty awesome. Um, So I want to start with my favorite question, which is how will you spend the day today? So today is a busy day. We are fundraising and um, also working on branding programs because we just recently launched hair and makeup products. So it's a busy day of finance and bringing people into our um, our bridge round and ensuring that we are taking action against our product um, image, sales, and next steps. So I will go from meeting to meeting to meeting and be wearing very different hats. Sometimes it will be looking at product, looking at models, prepping for a photo shoot that we're doing in a couple of weeks. And then the other side of it will be working with investors, the financial plan, and talking to people about coming into our bridge round. And are you um, a very involved CEO? Um, You have your hands dirty and everything, or you sort of watch from afar? So we are a smaller company, and my experience is that when it's a smaller company, CEOs tend to be a little bit more hands-on. Having said that, I also think it's really important for the team to feel empowered. So I would say I do some helicopter and swooping, so um, high up in the sky for strategy, vision, and communication, working with investors and brands at a high level. And then, you know, when when I'm needed, go in to look at photos if, if necessary or help make decisions around a creative vision. But a lot of the work gets done without me, which is a good thing. The team should feel I have an amazing team of executives, an incredible senior leadership team, and they are certainly um, well-equipped to make the day-in and day-out decisions for the business. I think as I've evolved in my um, base beauty business, I'm a helicopter and swoop. It didn't wasn't always that way. I was sort of like, oh, I was like too involved and I had to learn how to get uninvolved. But I really enjoy um, being super strategic and then letting the team do what they do. And then when there's a challenge, knowing when it's time for me to go in, it's like a thrill for me to realize, oh yeah, I, I this was good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the sign of growth as an executive. I think it's super important for you to have to have that conversation with yourself that is about providing leadership and guidance but not doing and um, and taking a step back because it's so important for the leader of the business to be able to course the vision and what's next. If you're doing what is, then you're not really thinking about what's next. And what's next is so important because the team needs the tracks to be laid down in order to move forward at a fast rate. So um, super important to get to that point in your career. I love listening to you talk. I'm so excited for our conversation. Okay. So let's look at um, 
the path of your career. Um, tell me if I have the list right. Bloomingdale's, Lady Foot Locker, Diesel, Donna Karen, Cole Haan, Tori Birch, Sea Wonder, Core Power Yoga, and now Glam Squad. I sound right? 80, don't I? I must be 80. I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, and when I first spoke with you on the phone and you're telling me about all these different um, opportunities that sort of evolve for you, it, it felt so intentional. And you mentioned the word in, intent to me this morning. Um, were these intentional moves? Um, they definitely were. I, um, I think of myself and have always thought of myself as a brand. And when you think about yourself as a brand, being relevant and of the moment is critical. And so there were certain points in my career where I felt like I was getting a little bit stale as a brand and not learning enough or being challenged enough. And I had hard conversations with myself to say, yes, I could stay here or I could think about what's next. It's the train tracks again, you know, laying the tracks down for the future. And I always knew that I wanted more. I wasn't sure what more was, but I wanted to be a part of something that I was passionate about, that I was committed to, and that I could make a contribution into. And so there were different points along the way where I felt as though it was the right time for me to look for something new. For example, I was at Foot Locker almost seven years, and um, there was an article that was written about me in Women's Wear Daily. It was the female footwear dog. And I thought, oh goodness, I do not want to be known as the female footwear dog. And so Is that I D-O-G? Yes. <laughs> like, you know, that I was the one of the few women at the time in the footwear industry. And I knew that it was time to do something different and proceeded to look at innovative brands. And I, I would say one thing that is consistent about the choices that I've made is they have always been challenges or tremendous opportunities. And um, going to Diesel, for example, it was a brand that had little recognition in the United States back then. As a matter of fact, when I told people I was going to work for Diesel, one of my friends said to me, why are you going to work for a gas brand when you're a fashion person? <laughs> so that's how long ago it was. Um, obviously very different in the U.S. today, but um, each one of my decisions was about getting, ensuring that I had a well-rounded background, that I was getting exposure to a global business um, enterprise, which was really important to me. With Diesel, I got to work with 20 different countries at, at um, one time or another. And the same thing was true with Kolhan. I got to work with a lot of different countries, which was amazing. Um, so getting that kind of experience and always growing my own personal resume. You know, I, if, if I didn't have any experience in operations, I would look for a job where I could get experience in operations. And it really has served me well because I have experience in all different areas of business because of my background, which is not that typical. So these are all um, image-driven companies, right? And I was actually thinking about this on the train and um, when I was looking at this list again, um, there's nothing, no, no brand I never heard of, right? Um, and in my career, when I set out whenever eons ago, I too looked for image-driven companies. And I, I don't really know why other than it felt like 
exciting and cool to be part of something that like everyone knew the name of? Like what was there a motivation for you in terms of these types of picks? Yeah, I mean, some of the brands didn't have the kind of glo- global recognition that they do now. Um Sea Wonder was incubated from uh, you know, a piece of paper. You know, it was nothing before we made it something. And even diesel back then, it was huge in Europe and I knew about it in Europe, but it didn't have much penetration in the US. And Kolhan was known as a sleepy menswear brand and we introduced women's product into the brand. So each one of the brands that I worked with was a choice because of the journey that it had to take to get more recognition. Even when I first got to Glam Squad, a lot of people didn't know about it three years ago. And one of the areas of strength that I bring to the table is the ability to effectively market a brand and position it for growth. So I I very often am called upon for smaller brands looking for explosive growth because I'm a holistic thinker. I have a background in each one of the functional areas. And when there's a need to be scrappy, I can be scrappy, but also really know how to effectively grow brands. So how is it that you can be at Foot Locker before Lady Foot Locker launches and at Diesel before it launches in the U.S., right? Like, how do you keep finding this? Is it the, are you putting out to the universe? Like, what is that process? Because it's, you know, when you're looking for a job, you don't get to choose what job, you you know, exists, right? You don't get to invent the job necessarily. So I think um, intention for me is very important. We've spoken about it a couple of times. I really set intention for what I'm looking for. And I am a very spiritual person and I believe in the ability to make things happen. So putting things out there for me is, um, whether it's truth or fiction, it works for me. So (laughs) I believe in it. It's nonfiction for me. Um, So I start with what I'm looking for. And interestingly enough, when I was looking to make a change um, from Core Power Yoga, I um, met with a friend of mine who's also very spiritual. And she said, you know, you have to put your five companies that you want to work for on a piece of paper, think about it, fold it up and put it in in safekeeping, but near you. So in your handbag or in your pocket every day. And Glam Squad was at the top of my list. And within two weeks, I got a phone call from a recruiter that was interviewing for the CEO role. I will tell you, I had no prior um, knowledge of this recruiter, so it wasn't someone that I had a rapport with or relationship with, and um, I really didn't know any of the board members from Glam Squad. So is that is that intention and making it happen or um, is there like a higher being that I tapped into? I don't know. You could call it coincidence. By the way, I was called by my second brand as well and interviewed by interviewed for the second role as well, which was very interesting. Little spooky, but you know, all I can say is there's a, I think a lot of power that we have that we can tap into. I, um, it's really meaningful for me to hear this because most of my career, I didn't know that you can make things happen. I didn't know that I was a person who was able to make things happen. I thought everyone in the universe, they just knew somebody who knew somebody or they were, you know, family friends with somebody and that things just happened and it was easy for them. 
Um, and I've learned recently in the past few years that I, I can make my dreams happen. And I like literally dreams come true every day for me. Um, and I love this story. I mean, this is incredible. And I'm a believer, like totally. I put things in the universe and then I find a, I put my bricks down or my railroad down, right? And then I get there. Yeah. I mean, I totally believe in that. And I, I think that you can call it um, good luck um, or just using um, all of your resources. Because when you write something down and say, I want this to happen, you put more energy and focus into making it happen. And so you meet someone and they say, oh, you know, I know somebody who's looking for someone like that. Or, you know, it, it changes how you approach it. So it could just be that making it intentional helps you execute it more effectively. But whatever the case, I know it works. So I call upon it. And I think you have to be a little bit of a believer as well. And I agree with you. I, I think uh, every single day I, I make dreams a reality. So I'm 100% with you. So let's talk about um, this goal. So you didn't know what the, the big thing was in the end, right? You, you told me, but um, there must have been some, something in your gut with the saying, one day, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, this is what I want. Was it um, a type of job? Was it a type of lifestyle? Like, what was it that you were looking for? So, I um, I did say years ago that I wanted to be able to run a business and influence culture, vision, and um, effectiveness. You know, results and I think that I was pretty driven to make that happen. I've had to make sacrifices for sure. As a female, climbing the corporate ladder was not always easy. It's not as um, obvious to back then as it is today, thank goodness, um, and still need for improvement, but opportunity for improvement. But I, I do think that I wanted to run a business. Um, and I always felt like I wanted to create a culture where people could thrive and have job satisfaction and know that they were cared for and that it was a community of people that worked collaboratively together. And um, what can you do at Glam Squad to make other women have the path that works for them? I think, you know, one thing that I'm committed to is ensuring that our employees have education and exposure. And so we have a coach that comes in once a month and is available for anybody in the company. So it doesn't, it's not based on tenure, it's based on desire. And we have very, very junior level people meeting with a coach for an hour, which is something that is not typical for an executive to have executive coaching and training. And I think that that that's something that is very valuable to our community. Um, we also have, <clears throat> excuse me, we also have team meetings. We call them, because we're Glam Squad, we call them Squad Summits. And we bring together guest speakers. We, um, we teach them something in every single session. So we have a list this year. We took a survey of what people wanted to learn in 2019. And we have a series of training programs that will happen in our squad summit so that people get a little bit of knowledge. And sometimes it's just exposure. And sometimes it's just fun. We do something called puppies and pizza, where we um, rent 
puppies that are up for adoption and um, we order in pizza and the puppies run around the office <laughs> for two hours and everybody gets to sit on the floor and play with the puppies and eat pizza. And it creates a lot of goodwill and harmony. And we hope that some of the puppies get adopted as right. well. That is so awesome. So for your squad, um, are they able to make their own schedule? Of course, yeah. I mean, we within reason, we, we do ask that people arrive by 9.30 in the morning. And, um, you know, if anyone has childcare issues or um, wants to work from home on that particular day and there are no meetings that they have to be present for, it's absolutely something that is a part of our culture. And for the people in the field? Um is there a set schedule for them? No. They, they, one of the reasons why our beauty pros love Glam Squad so much is because of the flexibility with the schedule. So there's an, a proprietary app that we've created for our clients and a proprietary app that we've created for our beauty pros. And our beauty pros can turn the app on and off depending upon when they want to work. So if they want to drop their child off at school in the morning and then start to take appointments, they can do it. If they want to have lunch with their friends, they turn the app off. And if they want to work in the evening, because that works best for their schedule, because they're a night person, they turn the app on starting at three o'clock in the afternoon and they can work until 11 at night. Um, as I grow my company, I'm um, really focused on keeping um, something that was so important to me 12 years ago, which is, um, I call it life-work balance, not work-life balance, right? Like what works for me? Um, and it's harder when you grow, right? It's easier when there's three of us. Um, now there's many more. Um, it's about like finding a way to work with the talented people around us in a way that works for them. So I have team members who are part time, like, you know, they, they want to be there for pick up and drop off and we make that work. And that's the agreement. Right. And there's other people who want to work full time and that's they, they want that regimen, that, that type of salary and that works for them. Um, and I'm very proud of it on a small scale. You hope that you're very proud of it on a much larger scale. Yeah, I mean, I think that that approach is a modern day approach to business. I think more and more people are going to be working remotely. Um, certainly more people are working in organizations that are rented spaces. There's a lot lot of different brands out there that offer those kinds of rent-a-space. And I truly believe that as um, time progresses, we're going to see more people working from different kinds of remote locations. And as a technology company, we have to be able to support that. We have employees from different parts of the country uh, working remotely, and we have to make it work. So I, I think it is um, a very modern approach to how businesses should consider operating in the future. I think it's incredibly healthy for the person who is committed to her craft, but um, doesn't want the lifestyle, let's say like, you know, a, a commercial makeup artist who has to be on set at 5 a.m. and doesn't leave set till maybe 9 p.m. and might not even know where she's working tomorrow until she gets booked, right? That's a very stressful way to live. It's not for everybody. It is. And I think, you know, having to sell it in, on, in a department store from 10 to 6 or 10 to 8 every day standing behind a counter is, um, you know, it's not a modern day approach to being a makeup artist. And so we love those kind of women that, you know, maybe they do work behind a makeup counter for four or five or six hours a day, but then they can turn the app on and work for us whenever they want to. 
to. So I, I do consider us a modern day beauty brand. And I think we are going to absolutely disrupt. We're little, but we're mighty. We just launched product and um, our, our our customers can buy product in the home, which is, you know, an it's an old approach, but it's a new, we've approached it in a new way. They can buy it online through beauty pros and uh, through glamsquad.com. And um, we personalize the purchase process specifically for each individual client. So you have the service and then your individual product needs are put into an email and then that gets pushed out to you and you get to pick very quickly what you'd like you press go, and because we have all of your saved information, the product gets delivered to you in 48 hours with exactly how to use it for you. So you've had to, you got to experience it, you got to um, try it, and the recommendations are absolutely 100, 100% for you. So we think it is, um, it's new, it's a new channel of commerce, but we think a disruptive channel of commerce. I love it. So the last thing I want to talk about is handshakes. Oh, boy. So you have a 16-year-old daughter, <laughs> yes. right? You want her to thrive in the world. We do. How do you teach her how to <laughs> shake hands? So um, something you know I'm passionate about this. I think um, most women are not taught how to shake a hand properly. Most boys are taught how to shake a hand very young. Hey there, Chip, go in and shake Mr. Smith's hand. Girls are not taught that. It's a give Mr. Smith a hug, right? That's how girls are taught. So I am absolutely obsessed, one handshake at a time, to teach women how to properly shake a hand. Because for me, how you shake a hand indicates how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the job. And so um, one of the most important aspects of a handshake is eye contact. And people don't know that. They, they consider the actual shake of the hand, and then they look at the hand or they look down. The, a very yeah, shake your hand right now. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So. And then, you know, how you wrap your hands is also yeah. really important. Shake so my hands. Wrap, so mm -hmm. when, if you, you can feel my fingers yeah. on the other side mm -hmm. of, it's the wrap. Can you like you got to go, I can, uh -huh. you got to go in for the wrap because yeah. that's confidence. What's a non-wrap? I mean, there are women that yeah. do this. I mean, I get people like this, men and women who do this, yes. which drives me nuts. Yeah. And for we call that who, the dead fish. Yeah, I dead fish. Dead fish. Yeah. I mean, we get, and then there's the princess where, where people actually, they actually do this. And what am I expected to do? Take your fingertips <laughs> and like kiss your ring? <laughs> so as I put my hand out like a princess, you are expected to kiss the ring. I don't know, but I actually have people that shake my hand that way. And then we, uh, my daughter and I call it the how you doing, where someone goes in and they like they go like this oh, and then they they never let go of your hand they just shake 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 and that's like how you doing there and or you know it's like the bulldozer they just come in and they go for the kill oh, let me see what's the kill like, feeling like? you know oh, the kill oh, okay. where they uh -huh. just don't stop and you're like okay what am i what am i in for here and so proper handshake is you go for the webbing you ensure that when you 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 go right in for it, right? And your thumb plays an important role in it. Yeah, go for it with your thumb. Give that pressure. I can give you the Delta Gamma secret handshake. Now. Oh, which is that? No, no, it's, it's a secret. <laughs> so very important part of an interviewing process of networking is eye contact. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Amy. Nice to meet you. And give that a firm handshake. Please spread the word. 
So I've had two really weird handshake experiences that were non-handshakes. I was at, um, in, within one week, I was at a client, very big strategic brand, one of the biggest in the world. And um, the boss's boss came into the room who I'd never met. And the team says, oh, you know, Sally, this is Jody who's been working on blah, blah, blah. And I go to shake her hand and she's like, oh no, I have pen all over me. And she did, wouldn't shake my hand. And I'm like, okay, that's a little weird because Okay. <laughs> we probably all have pen on our hands all the time. Then later that week, I'm at a friend's office, one of the biggest beauty retailers. Her boss comes in. Once again, oh, this is Jody. blah, blah, blah. And I go to shake her hand. She's like, oh, no, I have pen all over me. So this is like the most <laughs> bizarre okay, thing. Okay, that's a little weird. That's a little <laughs> As weird. As if there was like this like club of people who I think are might be germaphobes. Yes. Right? And that's their way to handle it. Yes. And um, I know that people are germaphobes, but can I just wash my hands and sanitize my hands every once in a while? Isn't the handshake <laughs> more important? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that's real. And, and I, you know, acknowledge that. And I have had people actually say to me, oh, I have a really bad cold and they have no cold at all. And so I don't want to shake your hand. Um, I've had people tell me that they have like a skin rash and so they don't want to shake my hand. So I think people who um, suffer from this or just live this way really do um, not want to shake your hand. And I'm cool with that. I'm I'm super easy. Like I, I acknowledge that those experiences can be real for people and or are real for right. people and more power to you. If that's, if you don't want to shake my hand, I'm cool with right. that. I guess um, on the receiving end of it, it's really jarring. Yeah. Um, and I guess if you're somebody who is feeling that that way about it. It's a pretty extreme feeling for you. Yeah. I mean, now that you've had the experience, you go into it and you know, you're not always going to get a handshake <laughs> back and say, cool. I, I respect that. No problem. Um, because I think the last thing that anyone would want to do is call attention to the fact that they don't want to shake your hand. So, um, the cooler you are, the better the experience for the other person. So the hardest part I think is the eye contact. Yes. Um, I take a sometimes Muay Thai classes and it's a type of type of boxing. And um, they say like when you're like hitting, punching, uh, you're supposed to keep eye contact the whole time. And it's so bizarre, right? If it's like feels really unusual to hold eye contact for like minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, and we're asking people in the handshake just to do it for like four seconds. Yes. Um, But why do you think that eye contact is the hardest part and also the most important part? Um, It's the most important part because you're acknowledging the other person and you're connecting. And I think, again, it's your intention to set a connection. I think creating a connection with the person creates a better meeting and a better outcome. So you want that immediate connection. And I think it's hard because I think a lot of people don't feel confident about walking into the room shoulders back, hand out, eyes front and center to do it. And um, I think it takes practice and it's not something that most people practice. They just don't do it. And so I would say to everybody out there, go into your next meeting with a firm handshake and great eye contact and do it over and over again. You can even have, do it with friends. Like, let me see what your handshake looks like. And I, you know, sometimes go around speaking to younger kids or in companies. I've done this where you actually take the person sitting next to you and you try to professionalize your handshake, including the eye contact. And so many women or girls are doing it for the first time. Wow. Well, this is amazing. I hope everybody's this little handshake um, 
role playing with our friends I and the so. eye contact too. Yes. Um, and thank you so much for sharing my your pleasure. wisdom with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is great. Congratulations on your success. Thank you. Too. You too. I'm super grateful to get to know you. Yeah. Thank and you. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode with Amy, please tune in to future episodes and follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast.